0: Hi, I'm Ash, and I'm an Indian American student at Pali. Hi, I'm Artie, and I'm also an Indian American student at Pali. This podcast will talk about the recent spike in Asian American-related hate crimes, um, and also we'll cover how Asian hate is not a new thing.
1: We'll also be focusing on the experience of Pali students, including our own experiences.
0: Firstly, we should probably talk about how Asian American hate is not a new thing, Um The first wave of immigration from China was in the mid-1800s. There was high demand for poor-paying, risky jobs, and Chinese immigrants were some of the only people willing to fill them. So the stereotypes that Asians are coming to steal white jobs quickly emerged.
1: And because of the threat that they posed to white jobs, racism started to grow. And in 1854, California passed a law that stated that Asians couldn't actually testify against white people. And this meant that white people could get away with a lot of violent crimes against Asians, and there's pretty much nothing they could do about it. Yeah,
0: and in 1882, Congress passed the infamous Chinese Exclusion Act, which made it so that Chinese immigrants could not move to the U.S. for 20 years.
1: And then there was the San Francisco Plague outbreak. And similar to our current situations, in the 1900s, Chinese immigrants started to be blamed for the outbreak, even though they really didn't cause it. And it was worse back then because the police would forcefully destroy property, and search the Chinese citizens' homes. One of the most
0: horrible examples of this uh, anti-Asian American racism was the Japanese internment camps. Um, Japan bombed Pearl Harbor, uh, and the United States entered World War II, which led the United States to be suspicious of all Japanese immigrants and to place them in internment camps in horrible
1: conditions. Many of those past situations had to do with East Asians, But then there were more like South Asians that came into play when it came to 9-11, which were the terrorist attacks of September 11, 2001. And after that, the hate crimes against Muslims went up and then also the people who were perceived as Muslims and pretty much anyone that white people thought were of South Asian descent would be targeted.
0: And in recent, um, in in the past year, Asian-American hate crimes have gone up 150% due to the fact that Asians are being blamed for the COVID-19 pandemic.
1: Um, A couple weeks ago, or even a couple, I want to say a couple days ago, there was a situation that happened in San Francisco where the two women were stabbed trying to, I think they were trying to get on a bus in San Francisco. That's so close to us even, like, Bay Area-specific, something like that could happen.
0: Yeah, or um, I remember uh, about a year ago, one of my, uh, she wasn't my friend, but she was a friend of one of my best friends, um, was hit by a car intentionally. Um, the, the guy uh, ran her over with a car because she was Indian, and he thought that she was Muslim, and she had to be in the hospital. So it's just really scary that it can happen to people so close to us.
1: And that kind of ties into one of the next points we wanted to touch on, which was our personal stories. So, for this podcast, we talked to a few different Pali students, and we want to share some of their stories and who they are. So, first off, we wanted to talk a bit about how being
0: Asian has affected our lives. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Uh, there's so many, so many, thi- so many a- uh, aspects of my life that it's impacted personally um specifically like beauty standards and stuff what about you
1: i think beauty standards are a really big part of it especially because when people think of asians i don't think they automatically think of like south asians which is what me and you are yeah because of that automatically we don't meet whatever beauty standards they think we should have and especially within like the south asian community there's like a different standard of beauty if you're like from north india or south india and even like that and kind of like being in the like united states just being of any asian descent makes it seem like you're not the beauty standard and you can't be yeah
0: Yeah. and then there's like the whole issue of like fetishization of like one very specific type of asian person and then anyone else other than that is perceived as like unattractive or like maybe pretty foreign asian it can Can be really detrimental to our self-esteem um and to our
1: own perceptions of ourselves Especially, like, I've had people tell me, oh, you're pretty for an Indian. And it's, like, such a backhanded compliment. Like, yeah, yeah, it's a compliment. But, like, what are you saying? Like, I'm not pretty if you, like, take me to, like, a different standard? Is that what, like, they're trying to say? It's, like, a backhanded comment in that kind of way.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's, like... It's this feeling that you'll always be less pretty than a white person, like no matter what you do. Um, Actually, one of our interviewees, Cadel, has a lot to say about this as well.
2: Yeah. You wouldn't want you wouldn't say like, you're yeah. so pretty for a white person, right? <laughs> it's never been about looks, has it? it's been about race? Yeah, exactly. We don't all have perfect light skin.
0: We yeah. don't all have
2: that red dyed, dyed red hair. We are more than just little anime girls that
1: that no also like that's one of the ways they stereotype you but they stereotype you in so many other ways like oh you're Asian, you should be smart like that kind of things and i feel like that's really affected me because i beat myself up even more if i like fail something because like everyone's telling me that i should be like this smart person but then sometimes i'm not and i feel like i can't not be smart or else i won't be representing who i am which really isn't me it's what the stereotypes think i am
2: a lot of people don't seem to realize that positive stereotypes are also microaggressions and can be just yeah. as harmful as negative stereotypes so or because i'm segue to this um you know like for example there's the whole uh all asians are good at math stereotype right yeah. um i'm like Decent at math, like I—I sh- I feel like I shouldn't be the one saying this because I'm not like really struggling in math. But I know when I was younger, uh, in like elementary school and early middle school, I was r- doing really badly in math. I couldn't understand it at all, and you know, hearing people say things like, "Well, aren't all Asians supposed to be good at math?" Regardless of if it's a joke or not, it—and even though it's like a positive stereotype, it's saying like you should be good at this. It's sort of mm-hmm. therefore. Placing the idea that if you're not good at math, then you're not truly Asian or, or something yeah. like that.
0: Yeah, and it's like, I don't know. It's like that sort of model minority stereotype, right? It, it doesn't affect anyone well. Like, it doesn't make us feel good that we're a model minority. <laughs>
2: I feel like
1: we don't don't really know any better because, like, we haven't seen any representation of people like us. Like, there's that one Netflix show called Never Have I Ever, and that was, like, (laughs) the first time I had ever seen, like, an Indian teenager in a TV show. And I was just like, wow, this is going to be really good. Then I watched it, and I was like, this doesn't represent me at all. Like, I feel like they're just going off of the stereotypes, and they're trying to, like, represent what they think it should be and not what it actually is. And I feel like a lot of my friends felt the same way when they were watching it. Like they couldn't relate to it at all, even though it was like this thing that the media was just like, oh, you guys must love this because you're finally like being represented.
0: Yeah, and I think there's also that issue of like, you know, like people are like, oh, you have this one show, right? Like you're like, oh, I can't find any good South Asian representation in the media. People are like, oh, never have I ever, right? Like need we need more than one show. Like, we can't just be satisfied with crazy rotations and never have ever. That can't be our only representation, but it is.
3: Um, In the past, like, maybe, like, 10 years ago or so, like, you rarely saw, like, Asian people in media and even so, like, they were, like, fetishized or... Um, they played very stereotypical roles. And I think definitely in recent years, especially with Crazy Rich Asians, like that has definitely sort of opened up the eyes of different like studios and um, slowly we've been able to sort of broaden like how we depict Asians. So
1: also internalized hate, like we can't put the blame on them like entirely. It's I feel like Even within our own community, there's this form of internalized hate. Yeah. Especially, like, I don't know about, like, your experiences, but especially within, like, the Indian community, I feel like there's such a big, like, amount of internalized hate towards each other. Because we have this idea that if, like, other people are successful, then we can't be. So we have to, like, tear them down.
0: Yeah. And, like, also this sort of, like, the beauty standard in India is wanting to be as light-skinned as possible, which is another form of internalized hate that's coming from our community. But then it's caused by white people still. It's just like, then we're blamed for that hatred of ourselves. hmm Yeah. Um, and then I also, I think, being a queer person of color, because I'm, um, I'm non-binary and uh, lesbian, and I think being a queer person of color, especially, like, not finding first of all any representation at all it's all like white queer people or straight people of color and then um so that can be really harmful and then i think also again with the beauty standards stuff the whole image of what a queer person is like all the stereotypes all the like like just the whole community is very white and very eurocentric and i think that can also impact me especially as a trans person because As a trans person you already sort of dislike your body and want to look like someone else Um, and that there's just a whole extra layer of complexity added by being a person of color
1: yeah i can understand that because even with the little bit of representation we get it doesn't really cover a lot it covers maybe like the one stereotype and maybe it like leaves that stereotype a little bit but it doesn't really explore anything other than what they think it should
0: I think that living in Palo Alto, which has like 30% Asian people, um, has definitely impacted the way that both of us and everyone, every Asian person in uh, Palo Alto experiences their identity.
1: I feel like here, more than like other places in the country, to some extent, we feel like we belong. But if you look at it, like me and you are South Asian, and a lot of the Asians in Palo Alto are East Asians. So sometimes even we feel a little isolated even though like there's Asians but like maybe there aren't as many South Asians but I think it's still so much more than like if you go pretty much anywhere else in the country and because of that I feel like our community is a little more safer to some extent yeah like I I feel much safer here
0: in Palo Alto than I do when I'm on vacation somewhere right um but I do think it's like sort of a double-edged sword um People don't acknowledge the issues that we do face quite as much.
1: I feel like that has to do with the fact that like there's a pretty high Asian population and that makes like people think that, oh, we must be so accepting, but that can also mean that we miss the like flaws we might have.
3: It was just sort of like normalized. I never really thought anything of it. But then, of course, recently with these hate crimes, I've started to feel like a little bit more cautious and even looking back at, like, maybe some of the actions um, of some classmates in the past, um, I've started to think, like, are those maybe, like, microaggressive comments? I I think I've been, like, disillusioned in the past, but um, recently I've come to be more aware.
2: I think about this a lot, because I've grown up in Silicon Valley, right, and Mm -hmm. the thing is, I don't think I've ever experienced, like, explicit racism in the sense of, like, i've never been told something like go back to your country right but um i think what i so because i think there's this issue in silicon valley where people think because there are so many asians in this area that they're inherently not racist towards asians like they don't Mm -hmm. people think that because they're surrounded by asians they can't be racist towards asians but i do see a lot of um implicit racism
1: and also i feel like living in palo alto I know, like some of our interviewees touched on this, so they'll be talking about it in a couple seconds. But there's like this connection to identity, or like a lack of connection that we experience because we're like living here.
2: I find it really hard to sort of exist because I exist somewhere to me in like my brain. I feel as though I exist somewhere between. I don't feel like because I've never been to Asia. I don't know what the culture there is like. I don't know what society is like anything like that I feel like I'm not quote unquote for lack of better words truly Asian but in America there's sort of this um, stereotype like societal belief that uh, Asian people are always foreign or foreigners immigrants Mm -hmm. etc however you want to put that which obviously isn't true but it it then perpetuates this idea that if you're Asian you're not quote unquote truly American you know Mm -hmm. so I feel like too too many Americans, I don't seem American, and too many Asians, I don't seem Asian.
0: Uh, we touched on microaggressions a little bit earlier. Um, microaggressions are basically not outright racism, but still have like racist sentiment. I guess is the best way to describe them. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Sometimes people don't even realize that they're experiencing race uh, experiencing racism or microaggressions.
1: Honestly, I feel like. Once you get to a point, you've experienced so many that a lot of the times you don't even realize when they happen. You're just like, oh, that was a normal comment. It must not mean anything. Yeah. So, like, I know a lot of the time I've just stopped noticing. Like, it'll just go right by me. One of, like, the things I really remember is so I have family in Alabama, which is a very white community. And I was visiting them. And I just remember, like, feeling, like, so unsafe there because everyone just sparked fear in me even though like i'm sure they they weren't bad people it's just something about them something about that community like made me scared and it had a lot to do with like my like aunt's friends and stuff and how they would make all these comments that like felt like microaggressions in a way they're just like oh you're pretty for an indian like oh you must be so smart like other stuff like that where a a lot of like the backhanded comments again and those experiences with my family members and their friends really just threw me off. Yeah, I'm lucky enough
0: to not have experienced quite as much of that. Um, most of my family is in India or right here in the Bay Area, so I'm very lucky to not have experienced as much of that. I've experienced a lot of microaggressions online, though. Um, like, I have a pretty big online presence, and I don't know, like, it just feels like a lot of people see me as Indian first, like, they before acknowledging anything about me, the first thing they realize, they, the first impression they have of me is that I'm Indian, which, like, it's fair enough, that's my skin color, it's obvious, it's the first thing they see about me, but they make so many judgments about me just based on that, um, and then, I mean, I've experienced direct racism online as well, but It feels like that's almost easier to deal with than the microaggressions for me personally, um, especially when it's online. Like, it's for me to deal with just being called a slur than it is for someone being like, oh, you should shave your mustache or, like, your skin is looking too dark in this light when it's actually just my normal skin color,
1: that sort of stuff. Um, And touching touching back on like what you're saying where like people are just like they label you as Indian first before they think of anything else surprisingly I've had like the opposite problem like people are always just like oh you're not Indian enough and I've had like friends be like oh we don't even consider you Indian we consider you American we consider you like pretty much white and I'm like I don't know how to feel about that because like it's my culture so I don't know like what to think when you're telling me oh we just consider you American like the rest of us like is that a compliment is it not like those kind of things I just don't know what to feel about that
0: yeah I have definitely struggled with that a lot like I have never been to India um I really want to go but if I went I would need to I would want to go to the place where my grandma grew up and it's a very small town and like I'd have to be like I guess my immune system's not good enough to handle going there which is very Mm -hmm. sad, um, but it's just this disconnect with your culture, like, I was in this program called Jano India, um, and it was only four other students and me, but all four other students had been to India, and they were, like, teasing me for not having been, even though I feel very connected to Indian culture anyways, um, just everything about, like, my extended family, we celebrate lots of holidays, um, lots of us speak Hindi, we eat Indian food whenever we, yeah, and I, like, I guess it's very difficult to not fit in anywhere into Indian culture, and then this sort of disconnect, and then you feel like you're not enough of either.
1: Honestly, like, I feel that too, like, I've gone back to India pretty much most summers, but, like, I'll probably go for, like, one week or two weeks, and it's so hot there, I can never deal with the heat, and I have, like, cousins like that live in the bay area that will go like all summer and just because of the fact that i go like only like one or two weeks out of the summer and they're there for like two months it still feels like i'm kind of disconnected even though it's not like the same as you or you haven't been able to go at all i'm just going less compared to other people so it still is somewhat of a disconnect so touching back on the main topic of this podcast which is How has the recent news emotionally affected us and how are we feeling after it? And honestly, if I had to describe it in one word, I'd just say fear because it just makes me scared in general. Like over spring break, I went up to Redding, California with my family where I would say probably about 60% of the people didn't have masks on. And every time I saw, saw one of those people, I was just like, am I going to be safe? Do they have something against me just because of the color of my skin? Should I be worried? Just like that feeling of fear. You don't know who's going to do what. You don't know what's going to happen or when. And I'm sure like all those people are perfectly fine people. They're probably really nice. But there's just this fear that makes me just want to hide. Yeah, I I definitely feel the same
0: way. Also, um, I feel like... I don't know. On the more positive side, I think that the recent news has given a lot of people a chance to speak out because we're taught not to speak out. Like Specifically, Asian Americans are taught not to speak out about racism, although any people of color are. Um, I think that on the more positive side, it has given me a place to speak out about that.
1: Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. For more podcasts from KPLY Radio, check out our SoundCloud or Spotify.
0: And for more stories from Anthro, our fellow magazine from the Pali Incubator Program, go to anthromagazine.com.
1: A special thank you to all those interviewed and to Megatracks for providing music. Thank you for listening.